You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah from Fifth Quarter and Dan from ACC Content. Dan, how are we doing today? We're going to be talking some Wake Forest football. Yeah, um, college football starting on Saturday. I'm excited for that and the ACC in a few weeks. So just holding that hope as usual. Let's do a quick pick em. Who's winning, Austin P or Central Arkansas? Oh, I have no idea. I really can't say, man. I go Central Arkansas. If you're if you're a betting guy, just pick the boys the boys in purple. But moving on from that, obviously, let's talk some Wake Forest football. Uh, Wake Forest actually had some news today, so this kind of works out well that they announced they just picked up Campbell as a non-conference game. They're actually playing that on Friday, October 9th. So that will now be a week before the Virginia game. So adding Campbell is definitely nice for the Deeks, give them a chance to obviously open the season with a win or not open the season. I guess it's not an O season opener, but have a easy check Mark W win on the schedule for the Deeks 2019 for the Deeks was honestly one of those really good years that didn't really end on the best of notes. And they got as high as number 22 in the country before heading to Blacksburg and really being competitive for about three quarters. And then Virginia tech just kind of opened the floodgates in the fourth and, you know, for of course the following week, they went to Clemson and, we all know how it happens when you go play at Clemson. Uh, they did beat Duke to, you know, kind of give themselves something, but that loss at Syracuse in overtime to end the season was not the most ideal uh, way to end the regular season. And, of course, they really struggled against Michigan State in the pinstripe bowl, which for Wake Forest fans, you know, we all understand that it's been something – it had been beautiful the last three years how Wake Forest had won bowl games and – I actually attended all three of those bowl games, but I missed last year, so I'm taking the blame for the loss for last year. But overall, a pretty good season. But what were your thoughts on the Deeks in 2019, Dan? Yeah, so they did go 8-5, and 4-4. Four and four. So overall, I got to say, yeah, it's a pretty successful season. And obviously, after starting off 7-1, and one, you don't want to lose four of your last five. But, um, you know, there were talks for a while that they were the second-best team in the ACC. And going – to be that team in the Orange Bowl. But, um, yeah, still successful overall. Sage Surratt, of course, getting hurt um, later in the season did not help, but they'll have to deal with that with him opting out this year. So um, the offense was very good with mostly Jamie Newman and a little Sam Hartman. This year will be all Sam Hartman. And, um, yeah, like you said, the skill positions – will be diminished a little bit, but I think their offensive line will kind of make up for that by being really good. The defense was shaky. In fact, it was really awful at times. They gave up 62 to Louisville, but um, I think they have capable pieces at every level, which I'll talk about a little later, that could kind of make slight improvements in that department. But um, also consider when you're talking about point-per-game numbers with Wake Forest, take that with a grain of salt because of how fast they play and how quick you know, it is snap to snap on their offense. But um, looking at 2020, I th- see them as kind of a mid-tier to maybe above average ACC team, not maybe towards the bottom like a lot of teams say, but um, like a lot of people say, but I don't think they're a team that you want to sleep on at all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, like I mentioned, Coach Claus and one of these guys ready to go, I think system-wise and, and, and culture within the program, they're in good hands. So. It'll be interesting. The schedule's not ideal, but, um, yeah, that's kind of what we're obviously expecting for Wake Forest. Um, 2020, the offense will be led by Sam Harton. 
honestly, I mentioned this before a couple times on the pod. I think Sam Hartman honestly was a better quarterback than Jamie Newman. Uh, personally, I, I just like the way he plays. I, I think he's a little bit better of a decision maker. His arm is just so strong. Um, I mean, he, he, he had some ups and downs. I mean, last year, of course, he did have a 57% uh, completion percentage with four touchdowns and two interceptions. So, obviously, Jamie Newman carried a lot of the load. Hartman was kind of that, that, that backup piece. But he was, again, a true freshman last year. So, again, I expect big things uh, for Wake Forest. Losing Sage Surratt is, is going to be huge uh, for the Deacons. But, you know, I, I think they're a little bit prepared for what life without Sage Surratt's like. Because you mentioned last year, of course, he went down with injury late in the season. And we were kind of talking this pre-podcast, but I think we're both pretty high on Donovan Green, who, of course, redshirted last year. We got some playing time. But, Dan, what are your thoughts about the Wake Forest offense going into 2020? Yeah, I'm not going to completely agree about how um, more on the Hartman train than the Newman train. I think if they were both there this year, Newman would be the starter for sure again. But um, I think the transition won't be as tough as people say at the same time. Uh, freshman year in 2018, Sam Hartman was very inconsistent, as you said, but he had a lot of potential that flashed. Um, maybe the decision-making was better than New- uh, Newman. Sometimes it would still make me scratch my head, but like you said, he has all the tools. He has tremendous arm strength, arm talent. Um, and this year with plenty of time in the system now, his third year and all this um, – film watching time with COVID that should definitely improve his decision-making that is. And um, yeah, the skill positions, the running game is a little bit of a concern with Carney graduating, but I'm a pretty big fan of Kenneth Walker and Christian Beale Smith taking over um, expecting more Beale Smith to be on the passing downs because he's a much better pass blocker than Kenneth Walker. And, you know, neither of them are really going to contribute much in the receiving game, but in the receiving game, look for Donovan Green, like you said. He was just tremendous last year in Surratt's absence and just a highly rated recruit. So I'm just so excited to see him. He's skyrocketing up my wide receiver rankings list. And, um, yeah, like I said, the offensive line will be a huge strength led by, you know, their left tackle, Zach Tom. And like you said, that um, Maryland transfer, Terrence Davis, brings a lot of hype. So overall. I think the offense is still pretty solid. I don't think it'll be anywhere near elite, but I don't think that it will take a huge step down, as people might say, from the transition from Newman back to Sam Hartman. Yeah, I think the one thing that's really important with Wake Forest, you know, everyone talks about how over the last few years, it's mainly been an offensive game for them. Um, you know, we've seen some <laughs> pretty high-scoring affairs, of course, last year in their loss to Louisville, 62-59 to shootout. Um, we've seen some Pretty solid shootouts from Wake Forest. Of course, another memorable one was the 2017 Belk Bowl against Texas A&M, a good old 55-52 to 52, uh, game where pretty much no one could make a stop there late. But, um, you know, I think that's different this year for 2020. I think Wake Forest's offense is obviously taking a step back. Only what was three returning starters, now two. Uh, and Hartman, you can maybe classify as a third one if, if you want to look at it that way, seeing that he did start a couple games last year. But defensively is really where Wake Forest has, you know, a key advantage. One big piece was, of course, uh, Carlos Boogie Basham choosing to return, uh, not enter the NFL draft. 
And, of course, he has not opted out either, which is huge for the Demon Deacons. Um, he's going to anchor that pass rush. And, of course, with Gregory Rousseau sitting out from Miami, I would like to make the argument that Boogie Basham might be the best pass rusher, if not definitely top three in the ACC now, um, where, you know, with Rousseau, it was kind of, you know, potential that uh, Basham may not make that top three cut. But Wake Forest's defense is going to be in good spots. That, like I said, that front seven um, is going to be something to kind of, you know, not want to play against. Obviously, it's not going to be at the level of some of the more major ACC teams, but it's a top three to four, you know, conference level defensive front. So I think Wake Forest will have some success this year keying up against some younger offensive lines. And I, I really do like, you know, the way Wake Forest does kind of go after the quarterback, I think, in a year like this where teams might be a little bit out of sync because they haven't been able to play together could benefit Wake Forest a little bit more, just kind of creating some more chaos defensively. But, Dan, defensively, I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think their Wake's defense kind of hasn't been good in a while, but I do expect some improvement in that department. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be kind of up there with the offense. I don't think neither will be a strength over the other. I think they're just both going to be solid groups. Um, the defensive line, like you said, their pass rush should be great with uh, Boogie Basham, of course, the big-time NFL prospect on the edge, along with Ja'Cory Johns. The linebackers, I like their starters, Ryan Smedna and Jacquez Williams, but depth, certainly a concern there. So I think depth will be very important this year with, of course, all the opt-outs and also injury risk with not as much time spent with the team. So hopefully. Wake Forest doesn't get depleted there, but um, the defensive backs, that that's what I think is going to be the main issue. Um, they got beat a lot last year. A lot of times they were bailed out by the speed of Nasir Greer, but they got to fix that apart and kind of prevent those big plays. So, um, like I said, overall, I think their defense will be solid, mostly because of their presence up front. But, um, again, not, like the offense, nothing – close to like the elite category yeah absolutely I think you know Wake Forest is probably one of those teams that's just very I would say good to average category um nothing you know super great about them obviously they have some key pieces with Boogie Basham and again I'm a huge fan of Sam Hartman obviously losing Surratt that takes away one of those key pieces but they're not <laughs> there's definitely when you look at them on paper they're by no means a uh, juggernaut that, you know, you really don't want to, you know, play against. But at the same time, kind of what makes Wake Forest, you know, when they're at their best is when they're a little bit underrated. So, again, watch out for Wake Forest. You know, moving into recruiting, the recruiting class, nothing nothing overly special. Um, definitely, you know, a very Wake Forest-esque class. Uh, Dan, this is kind of more your specialty. Do you have any recruits you kind of want to talk about and just the class in general for Wake Forest for the class of 2020? Yeah, so 61st overall, 11th in the ACC. That is, you know, kind of the norm there. They don't really recruit great, but there are obviously a few guys that I really liked. Um, it was a very offensively focused class. Six of their top eight commits, according to 24-7, were on the offense, but their highest commit was actually a defensive player, and that is the defensive end, Jasheen Davis from Georgia. Um had 63 tackles for loss over his last three years of high school. And that is just a stud who should continue that kind of 
Wake edge rusher prowess. But uh, they also – their second highest rated commit was the quarterback Mitch Griffiths, who um, I actually broke him down a little bit on my ACC content Twitter account a few months ago. I really liked a Gardner Minshew comparison for him. Just that, like, quick release, the good accuracy, the explosiveness, but then, like, his footwork he really needs to work on. So, hopefully they could kind of fix that there and develop him into a really polished quarterback. And then, of course, every every class I break down, I have one underrated commit. This one will be a wide receiver, Jamal Banks from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, He has plenty of size at 6'3", and I've been reading that you know, with the wide receivers kind of getting depleted a little bit at Wake, he should be in the rotation this year in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I think Wake Forest will, you know, need some time to develop these recruits. But as as we've seen over the last few years with Coach Clawson at Wake Forest and even, you know, before with Bowling Green and in Richmond, he, he's, he's a great, you know, guy when it comes to developing talent. So, one of these classes, again, not nothing really special about them, but I guarantee in a few years we'll probably be talking about some of these guys um, regardless of kind of what their original class rank was. So moving into 2020, obviously like we mentioned Wake Forest did pick up a non-conference game against Campbell on October 9th, which is a Friday night. They do kind of get the unfortunate break of playing in Chapel Hill as well as at Louisville to end the season. Um, so you really are picking up, you know, you did lose, um, excuse me, uh, you did lose Florida State, which is, you know, maybe nice for Wake Forest because they have struggled when they've had to go to Tallahassee. But, you know, you have easily the top three teams in the conference, maybe even top four if you want to throw Louisville in there. And if you throw Virginia Tech in there, you're looking at a top five. So they're really, you know, the schedule is not ideal, not a lot of guaranteed wins and uh, a few guaranteed losses, you know, We'll kind of go through real quick. The schedules, of course, open the season at Clemson. Dan, I think we both kind of agree that's a loss there for the Deeks. Uh, then they go to NC State, host Notre Dame. Well, as of now, it's still scheduled to be in Charlotte. Who knows if that'll change. But from what I've been told, I mean, as of earlier this afternoon, when I actually called to kind of get some clarification on it, the game is still scheduled to be played at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. So maybe that's just maybe it's put a spark in Wake Forest for an upset there. And they have a bye week and then host Campbell on that Friday night, host Virginia the following week, host Virginia Tech the week after that. Head to Syracuse, have a bye week to prepare for the game in Chapel Hill against North Carolina. Head to Duke and then host Miami and play at Louisville. So I will mention that Wake Forest plays every team in the triangle, which is great. But they got the unfortunate draw of defending their big fork crown by playing all three of them on the road. But um, with that being said, Dan, Looking at their schedule, what do you see for the Deeks in 2020? Yeah, so I'm going to go with um, six and five. Um, I think Campbell is obviously a, a win. I think they should win at NC State and Duke. Those are the only ones I think are are pretty much like probable wins. Actually, I'll give them at Syracuse, but I think it'll be closer than people think. Then more toss-up games versus Miami. Um so these teams are actually much closer in caliber than people think. And Wake has the offensive line to hold off Quincy Roche and that Miami front. And uh, so I'll give them a win there. But another close win against UVA, that's a tough one to pick. But I naturally just went with the home team. So those are their wins. 
but I will give them losses to Virginia Tech, UNC, and Louisville. Those are teams that are just much better on paper. And the Louisville game I actually did look at as a potential upset just because, you know, maybe it turns into another shootout and go either way, but they would have to do it on the road. So I gave them another loss. And then obviously losses to Notre Dame and Clemson. So overall, that's six wins, five losses. Um, we're betting, and the line was six straight up. I'd probably go with the under just because of how tough their schedule is. But I think another 500 ACC season, six and five overall, if you add Campbell, is a fair assumption. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm six and five as well. Um, kind of what you mentioned. I do think that they're going to catch either Virginia or Virginia Tech uh, in that series there. I'm probably leaning that they get Virginia, like you said. I think Virginia Tech on paper is much better than Virginia – or, excuse me, much better than Wake Forest. And when with that, you know, you have to kind of look at it too in another sense of just the fact that, you know, the way Virginia Tech played Wake Forest last year, kind of how the matchup goes as well. You know, I think a team like Wake – or like Virginia Tech who – if Hen Hooker plays the way he did last year, takes care of the football. I think that's the way Wake Forest kind of pulls off an upset is by, you know, having some sort of, you know, big momentous turnover. And you know, I trust Hen Hooker in a game like that comparatively to Brennan Armstrong or Keaton to Keaton Thompson at UVA. But they'll catch one of those teams. It could be Virginia Tech as well. Like you mentioned, I think they have losses at North Carolina, uh, Notre Dame, and Clemson for sure. I do think that game at Louisville could be an upset, but I'm still leaning loss on that one. And I think they actually lose uh, to uh, to Duke as well. Uh, I just – I don't know. I think Duke's going to find a way to try to creep around that 500, and they'll need every game they can. And it's either going to be Duke or Syracuse. It's going to be the one that catches them slipping when, honestly, I think Wake Forest is the better team on paper. So – that's kind of where my head's at as well. Um, I think it should be a fun year for Wake Forest, like I said. I don't think they're going to be the underdog in a lot of matchups. I also don't think, in terms of big underdogs, I don't think they're also going to be, you know, favored by much in any matchup either. I mean, really, Clemson, obviously, they'll be a huge underdog. But, I mean, even the Notre Dame game, I could I could honestly see Wake Forest being only a 10-point dog in that type of matchup. So, again, I think Wake Forest, you know, is going to just continue to be Wake Forest, you know, a very – above average to good team not great but again if, if there are bowls this year I think they'll find a way to go bowling so overall not a bad year for the Deeks but kind of with that being said Dan any last thoughts on Wake Forest before we kind of wrap this up no I think we kind of touched on it um just you know really tough schedule but I don't think that they will – I kind of compare them to Virginia, how, like, people are saying, you know, they had a really good year last year, but now they're going to take a step down. I think, yes, that is true, but I think they're still going to stay, like, a very competitive team and, you know, one of the probably teams in the top half of the conference. So, um, you know, watch out for Wake Forest this year. Don't sleep on them. Yeah, I think I think I think the comparison to Virginia is honestly spot on, especially with the fact that both teams lost their you know leading production at quarterback UVA with Bryce Perkins and of course Wake Forest losing Jamie Newman. I think Wake Forest might be in a little bit of better hands overall, but again, you know both teams are very similar. So that's honestly a great comparison. It's the obviously we don't have divisions this year, but maybe Wake Forest is the Atlantic version of UVA for 2020. But Dan, I'm looking forward to. I know next week or maybe even later this week probably going to be early next week we'll uh 
make up our first and second team all ACCs and give out our preseason accolades. Hopefully we'll have postseason ones to give away too. Um, obviously we're gearing up. I'm pretty excited. Like you mentioned, you know, we have FC, the FCS kickoff this weekend in Birmingham, Alabama. I was kind of low-key thinking about going, but don't know if that's how I really want to, you know, spend my Saturday. It's a little bit of a haul for me, but, you know, looking forward to kind of talking more, you know, broad picture of who who's the best in the ACC this year. Uh, no spoilers, but I think we know who our preseason first team all quarterback's going to be. But anyways, Dan, I appreciate your time. Glad we got to talk some Wake Forest. Uh, for those of you that might wonder what about Notre Dame, I don't think they did a Notre Dame preview. Dan and I have kind of decided that, you know, we – we started this before Notre Dame was a full member of the conference, and until Notre Dame fully joins, we're not going to give them the same uh, love and respect. And, Dan, I personally don't really want to include them in our first second teams, but if we get there, we get there. But with that being said, Dan, I appreciate your time, and uh, uh, look forward to talking to you later, this, uh, later next week for some preseason accolades.